Gerard Gallant is out after only two seasons as head coach of the New York Rangers. Was this a mistake or was this something that probably needed to be done? We debate from all angles on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 822 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And of course, you know, the hot button topic of the day, quite obviously, is Gerard Gallant being fired or, you know, mutual parting is how they labeled it. But for all intents and purposes, uh, this was basically a firing. Gerard Gallant out after just two seasons as head coach of the New York Rangers. And I'll just say for the record right at the top of the show here that I'm not really a fan of this move. Uh, for up to me, which obviously it's not. I think Gerard Gallant should have uh, lived to see another day as head coach of the New York Rangers. Uh, I'm not a fan of the quick hook in general when it comes to coaches. I think you know it takes some time, and you, know, you have to establish a culture and you know get get your players all on the same page and all that good stuff. And I thought the Rangers, their successes outweighed their failures during Gallant's two seasons as uh, the head coach of the New York Rangers. Here, as I mentioned in a recent episode, Gallant took a Ranger team. There was in complete turmoil. And that is not an exaggeration. This team was in complete turmoil uh, the season before he got here. You had pretty much everything that could go wrong, went wrong. You had the Tony D'Angelo situation and that whole mess. You had the thing with the Artemi Panarin uh, political hit piece that was put out against him. He was gone for a while. Uh, everything that happened with Tom Wilson, that crazy letter that the Rangers set out where they uh, were basically calling for the job of George Peros. And I uh, forget the exact verbiage, but it was something along the lines of mentally incompetent or, or something like that. Um, so they want him to be fired. Uh, and then JD and Jeff Gordon, they were fired pretty much out of nowhere. Just total chaos uh, the final season before Gerard Gallant got here. He took that team, the same players, the same core group, got them to within just two wins of the Stanley Cup final. And another thing in his favor that I've mentioned in the past, because you know it, this has come up a surprising amount of time, Gerard Glenn's job security uh, for somebody that in his first season as the coach got them to the Eastern Conference final. Obviously, they went through uh, that really rough patch in the fall this season where they were just losing and losing and losing and really just playing lackluster hockey. Um, but th- the point that I've made when I've stood up for Glenn, and he's not perfect, but I- I've stood up for him more than I've you know kind of gone against him. The point that I made is that nearly every player on this Ranger team has shown at least some improvement during the time that he's been here. If you just look at the players that uh, spent at least one season on the Rangers, one or more seasons on the Rangers before Glant got here, you take who they were then, you compare them to who they are now, and in just about every single case, uh, whatever player you're talking about, that player, there's a chance that he's gotten at least a little bit better. I think in general, uh, Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad really stand in mind. We don't have time to go through the whole list. We've done that in the past. Um, but I, I think that's the biggest thing in his favor. Uh, and, and two years with the team, I mean, you know, we can we can debate this. Obviously, look, if, if you wanted Gallant gone, there's a case to be made for that. I'm not going to say that there's not, especially after the performance in the playoff series against the Devils. Um, but you look at his track record. This is just a 100% fact. There's no gray gray area here, excuse me. Uh, this is not something that can be denied. Gallant in two seasons with the Rangers put together a record of 99, 46, and 19. That's 217 points in two seasons. 
Those do not sound like the credentials of a man who really should have to worry about his job security at all, much less actually be fired by the team that he's coaching. And I'm going to ask this question because, honestly, I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I would have to do some serious research to to find this out. But I propose a question to everybody, both the people that uh, think this was the right call to get rid of Gallant and the people that think that he should be back for at least one more season, get at least one more crack at it. Uh, My question to everybody is, when is the last time the NHL head coach who had a record of 99-46-19 and or better, got fired after his second season, did not even get a chance to go into year three with the team. I have to imagine it's been a long time, and I realize, you know, some people were uh, circulating the picture of the uh, the nominees last season for the Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year. All three of those coaches, including Gallant, are now no longer with their team, which is pretty amazing. Uh, this league more than any of the other professional sports. There there really is a coaching carousel, and it's very much uh, what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of a league. Um, And like I said, I don't know the answer as far as, you know, Glantz's record. When's the last time that a coach had a record that good over two seasons and ended up getting fired? I don't know the answer to that, but like I said, I get the feeling that it's probably been uh, quite some time here. So it's unfortunate, at least from my point of view. I know some people are happy about this. Uh, To me, uh, I'm not really feeling it, and, you know, we're going to Obviously, break this down from every angle. I think later in the week, we'll take a look at some candidates to take over for Gallant as the head coach of the New York Rangers. But we're now in a place where this Ranger team, despite showing some promise, despite having you know a good amount of stars up and down the lineup, despite having a really deep playoff run just two years ago, they are now in a place where they are going to eventually, whenever they hire somebody, they will be on their third coach in the past four years, which I, I just don't think it's a really good look. You know, have some conviction. If Gerard Glant was your guy two years ago and the team rapidly improved under him and they had a deep playoff run and obviously a disappointing exit this year, stick with your guy. And, and you know, it's just, I don't know, I, just in general, I'm not a fan of the quick hook. Even if these were two like so-so mediocre seasons, uh, I'm, I'm still not a big fan of the quick hook. And... You know, somebody on Twitter, and I apologize because I don't have it in front of me right now, uh, I thought that, I think it was Dave. Dave made a point on Twitter, you know, responding to a tweet that I had sent out, that Gallant would probably be just fine right now if his two seasons as Ranger coach had happened in the opposite order. Gallant and the Rangers set the bar very, very high for themselves last year with that deep run to the Eastern Conference Final. Again, just two wins away from going to the Stanley Cup Final. And then, you know, you compare that to what happens this year, the first round playoff exit, and it feels very much like a letdown. And uh, I know we're all disappointed. I, I know that, you know, I was planning on still talking about Ranger hockey at this time in the uh, in the NHL calendar. I mean, we are talking about Ranger hockey, but you know what I mean, actual hockey games being played. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just wasn't meant to be. But getting back to the point that Dave made, his point was that if those two seasons had happened in the opposite order, where, say, last year, the Rangers made the playoffs but got knocked out in the first round, and then this year made it to the Eastern Conference Final and then got eliminated— uh, everybody would be cool with it, I think. You know, you know, I shouldn't say everybody because there, there's some people that just don't like Galan. I, I don't think they liked him from the moment that he got here. Um, but it would look a lot better if last year they made the playoffs and then this year uh, got two rounds farther. And you know, you'd probably be seeing year three of uh, Gerard Galant here. But it, it kind of reminds me of something else that happened um, with Chris Drury during Galant's. Uh, I think it was Galant's introductory presser when he became the head coach. Drury mentioned that you know making the playoffs this year was a goal, but certainly not a mandate. Uh, mandate was a key word that he used uh, going into last season. And so they obviously went well beyond that, went well beyond just making the playoffs. But going into last season, I, I think if the Rangers had simply made the playoffs and lost in the first round, say they battle you know, a team that's better than them and they lose in six games or whatever it might be, I think people would have been feeling pretty good 
and would have been looking forward to this year even more. And obviously, if they made it to the conference final this year under that you know scenario that I just put out there, I think for sure Glant's coming back for year three. And we're all feeling good, man. This team's moving in the right direction. We got two rounds deeper. We're winning it all next year, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, as it is, because the two seasons happened in the opposite order, Glant's gone. And I, I think a lot of Ranger fans are a little bit worried about this team right now. And that's not without uh, you know some cause, because uh, there are a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered. And... Going to be some very interesting storylines to track this offseason as far as the new coach, free agency, trade candidates, uh, salary cap casualties, whatever it might be. Um, but for today, like I said, we're going to focus in on Galan. And uh, you know, one thing that I want to do here is I got to be fair because, I, and I think I've been fair, you know, throughout the, the playoff run against the Devils, I called out the Rangers for, um, you know, not showing up for certain games. I, I put it on the players. I also put it on the coaching staff. To me, if you're somebody that wanted Gallant fired, that's the card that you should be playing. It's the fact that, um, you know, the Rangers came out flat in too many playoff games. It's not so much like he didn't make adjustments. That, that's just like a very vague thing to say. And um, yeah, maybe that's not his strong point, but I, I think the most damning thing against Gallant, if you're somebody who believes that he should be fired and he should not be that coach of this team, the card for you to play is the fact that, you know, they came out flat. Um, but the fact that they came out flat, it's partially on the coaching staff, but obviously it's partially on the players as well. And so that's why in just a second here, I'm basically just going to be doing a, a mini call out of the players. And I'm going to hearken back to when David Quinn was the coach and, and kind of compare it to what happened with Gerard Gallant, um, you know, just now. And don't worry, that will make sense in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring program where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring program platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you match candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. The moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. What's even better is that Indeed's only the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring program delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. As I mentioned in the past, you know, Gallant was not perfect. I always thought, you know, just to run through a couple of things really quick, he was always a little too trigger happy when it came to line combinations and shuffling the deck there. And I suppose, you know, there are coaches around this league who are a little bit better at making in-game adjustments than maybe Gerard Gallant is. Uh, to me, the positives outweighed the negative with Gallant, and I stand by my, uh, my belief that uh, I do think he should get another crack at it. He should be back for at least a third season with the Rangers. Obviously, that is not the case. But, you know, obviously, some of the blame for what happened in the Devils series does fall on Gallant as a coach and as a coaching staff. Your job, probably above anything else, is to make sure that your team is ready to go every time they take the ice, and certainly when it comes to the playoffs. It's one thing if you come out flat for a game in December, whatever, it happens. There's 82 games. You know, it's going to happen to even the best teams once in a while. Um, but, you know, in the playoffs, 
it shouldn't even be an issue. You know, your, your guys should be up for the game and ready to go. And there were just times in that series against the Devils where the Rangers were not. But I do have to also put some of the blame for that on the players. Uh, obviously, you know, they didn't get the job done. Their lack of compete in games four, five, and seven was pretty stunning at times, especially in game seven. You've got everything in front of you. You're one win away from moving on and keeping your Stanley Cup dream alive. And credit to the Devils because they played well, but the Rangers did not compete hard enough uh, in that game with everything on the line, especially after they just won game six in a landslide. Just very, very difficult um, to figure out. And I mentioned a second ago that I'm going to also mention David Quinn here while we're discussing this. And uh, this is why. I can't help but think back to... Quinn's tenure with the Rangers because Quinn very much like Gerard Gallant was not perfect. They both have their shortcomings. They both have things that, you know, maybe there's other people that do things better than they do in certain aspects of the game. But we've had uh, Vince Mercagliano who does an awesome job covering the Rangers. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times in the past. And one thing that he shared with us, I remember when, when we were talking to him on Locked on Rangers here, with David Quinn, he was a little bit more of a hands-on coach, a little bit of a micromanager in terms of how he dealt with his players. Um, and one thing that I never liked about Quinn is uh, we, we talked about how Gallant was always trigger happy with the line combinations. Quinn was very, very trigger happy when it came to benchings. And it felt like he had his targets. You know, there were only like three or four players that he would go after um, if they made a mistake. If somebody else made the same mistake, well, they can keep playing. It's completely fine. So I didn't like that. Um, with Gallant, though, you know, and again, this is per the interview that we did with Vince Mercagliano. I'm not remembering exact quotes because it was a long time ago, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing our conversation a little bit. Um, so Gallant, you know, a little bit more hands-off as, you know, a, a coach, a bit of a player's coach. Uh, and I think that was obvious that he was a player's coach because he never really threw individuals under the bus. It happened very rarely. Uh, there was one game this year where I know they moved Kreider down to the fourth line, and he did say when asked about Kreider that uh, he was where he belonged. Uh, that's one of the only times that I can remember Gallant uh, really kind of calling out, and not like he went nuts or anything, but really calling out an individual player. You know, he was asked some questions about Panarin during this playoff series here and all the struggles that uh, the Breadman was having, and Gallant wouldn't take the bait. You know, he kind of just deflected it and, you know, kept the conversation uh, on the team in general, um, and obviously that's a nice thing to do. You know, didn't uh, didn't bury his his star player and, uh, you know, give a, give a juicy quote that I'm sure certain reporters would probably want, um, but... You know, again, by all accounts, you know, talking to Vince Mercagliano and, and just the general feel of, of people that, you know, cover this team, Glant was a little bit more of a player's coach than Quinn, a little bit more of a hands-off coach. You know, if the team had an off day, you know, go do what you do, go live your life, and I'll trust that you'll be ready to go uh, when we're ready to play hockey again here. But, you know, when you, when you compare the two firings here, there is something that was similar, very, very similar about the tone that the players took um, at the end of each of these seasons. You know, Quinn, we knew for sure that he was gone because of everything that had happened. Gallant, we weren't 100% sure, but it was starting to kind of look and feel that way. Um, but with Quinn, I remember, you know, and, and the reason that we believed that it was inevitable that he was going to get fired is because obviously they had just fired the general manager and the team president just about a week or two before that, you know, there were only four games left in the regular season when that happened, and it just had very much the look and feel like the Rangers were going to clean house. They were nice enough to allow Quinn to close out the season there as the coach, but he was going to be gone. But during the exit interview day uh, with what turned out to be Quinn's last season as coach of the Rangers, not really a lot of Rangers really went to bat for him. Nobody really had anything that glowing or, or that awesome to say about him. Now, on one hand, you could argue that maybe the players feel like it's not really their place to, to share a strong opinion one way or the other because, you know, if a lot of players come out in support of the coach and then they fire the coach, that makes the organization look bad. So I get that to an extent. 
but not a single player on the Rangers that I can remember uh, when they were asked about Quinn really went to bat for him, really said, like, you know, uh, we, we want to play for for this guy and we like him and this, that, and the other thing. There was really none of that. And again, Co- Co- Quinn was kind of the the uh, the hard ass, for lack of a better term. He was the one that wasn't really a player's coach. And it seemed like the Rangers just, they weren't really following him by, by the end of his tenure there. But now you've got a similar situation with Gerard Glant, the guy who's known as a little bit of a player's coach. And same situation at the end of the year here. We, we get to the exit interviews and not really a whole lot of Rangers really went to bat for Glant either. And Glant and Quinn, I'm not going to call them polar opposites, but they are kind of on, you know, slightly different ends of the spectrum here where Quinn, again, kind of the, the disciplinarian and the guy that, you know, it's, it's my way or the highway kind of thing, whereas Gallant a little bit more of a player's coach. So my question to these Rangers is who exactly do you guys want to play for? Because you didn't want to play for the guy who, again, what was kind of tough on them and, you know, was, was trigger happy with those benchings. He was the guy that was kind of the outsider. You know, he'd never really coached in the NHL before. Uh, had a brief tenure as an assistant coach, I want to say, with the Avalanche about 10 years ago, but had never been a head coach in the NHL. Made his name, you know, w- with the success that he had in, in the college ranks. Um, but, you know, you don't want to play for that guy. And now you get Gerard Gallant in here, the guy that uh, had an outstanding NHL playing career himself, the guy that's, you know, kind of been around a little bit. This was his fourth, uh, you know, tenure as a coach in the NHL, having previously coached the Jackets, the Panthers, and the Knights. So, again, you've got two very, very different coaches here, and the Rangers, you know, they didn't really back up Quinn during exit interview in what turned out to be his last uh, season there, and they didn't really go to bat for Gallant either, And, and there were two players in particular, and I'm not like blaming these guys or like saying that, oh, we should all turn against these guys. But these video clips were kind of making their rounds on social media. Uh, It was Jacob Truba and Barclay Goodrow. You know, they were both asked about Gallant and they took a long time answering these questions and a lot of ums and uhs. And, you know, they, they, they complimented him, but it was a very, very like tepid endorsement, I, I think is what we can call it. And sometimes when you're a player in a situation like that and you're asked about your coach, you know, you can say a lot by not really saying a lot. And I think that's kind of what we saw, you know, the Truba one especially. Um, you know, just not somebody that sounded like, you know, he he was fully endorsing Glant as the coach going forward. And this is the guy that we're following. And uh, we're going to follow this guy. And he, he's our leader and all those good things. Uh, there was really none of that coming from Jacob Truba. So it is possible that Glant lost the locker room. And if that's the case and the Rangers, you know, the front office just feel like uh, Glant can't get them to where they want to go. And, and these players just are not going to follow Gerard Glant. Then, okay. I mean, on one hand, I guess I got to give them credit for being bold enough to make this move and not wait until the, you know, the next season, firing him halfway through the season or anything like that. But again, the question that I've proposed, and I will say it one more time here before we move on is for the Ranger players, you know, who do you want to play for? Whoever the next Ranger coach is that comes in here, Maybe he's somewhere in between. Maybe he's somewhere in between a David Quinn and a Gerard Gallant as far as, you know, player coach or, you know, a disciplinarian, whatever it might be. Um, but man, this Ranger team is is out of excuses. The players on this team are out of excuses because they didn't seem to really like either of the two preceding coaches. Well, now you're on your third coach in four years. So sooner or later, this falls on the players because again, who exactly do you guys want to play for? So if these guys don't buy in, if they're not out there busting their tails every single night, if they make the playoffs and they show up for a lot of playoff games the way that they showed up for a lot of playoff games this year, then uh, my opinion of that group is going to be diminished at that point. And and I think for a lot of Ranger fans, it's probably the same thing because, you know, again, you, you got to find somebody that you want to play for. And, and we've had two very different coaches and they both got canned and neither 
in either instance, did a lot of Ranger players you know, really step up and say that, you know, this is our guy and we're following him and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, something else I wanted to do here before we uh, call it a day is I'd like to um, basically just openly wonder uh, what it would have taken for Gerard Gallant to keep his job um, you know, from this season going into the next season. How far would the Rangers have had to make it in the playoffs? What would have needed to happen for Gallant to be back uh, next year for year three? And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever. Built. You've got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, puff, and churro puff. You can thank us later. All right, and so for the everydayers, let me just give a shout-out to you guys, the guys that, you know, everybody that tunes in every single day and, and listens to this podcast. Cannot possibly thank you guys enough, but you know, obviously we're going to continue talking about Galant, kind of put a bow on it today, but we're going to have a little bit of a part two in tomorrow's episode. Make sure to be back for that. We're going to look at, you know, Galant's biggest uh, failures and his biggest successes as head coach of the New York Rangers and give Turk uh, a little bit of a proper send-off because even if you uh, you weren't necessarily the biggest fan of him, I got to believe you at least uh, had a lot of fun watching this team make the run that it did last year. I know we want the Stanley Cup, um, but that that was a blast. That was one of my favorite seasons uh, ever as a fan of this New York Ranger team or really any of the teams that I cheer for uh, in professional sports. But, you know, going back to something that we talked about in uh, a recent episode that we did here, I do respect the decision by the Rangers to move on from Gerard Gallant because, as I mentioned in that episode, and I briefly uh, touched on this a little bit even in today's episode a little bit earlier, you have to either be all in or all out when it comes to who is your head coach. There, there can't be any of this wishy-washy nonsense where you know you, you go into next season, but he's a lame duck coach and he's looking over his shoulder and he's not sure if he's going to get fired. And you know, as I mentioned in a recent episode, we've seen examples of NHL head coaches who get fired. You know. Six games into a season, four games into a season, two games into a season. What is the point of having somebody as your head coach if they have that short of a leash? You got to let them, if you go into the season with them as your coach, you got to let them, you know, play it out a little bit, at least give them a month or two, you know, just a handful of games and then firing them. I mean, that just makes it look like you don't know what you're doing and you're indecisive and, you know, you're just kind of having knee jerk reactions to everything that happens. Um, On the other hand, you know, if, if he's not your guy, and obviously the Rangers came to that determination, whether they're right or not uh, for making this move, they were at least decisive about it. You know, they waited about a week after the season ended, waited for all the dust to settle. I'm sure, they had some conversations, but if you can't wholeheartedly get behind a certain individual, whether it's Glant or anybody else, as your head coach, then they can't be your head coach. The coach and the GM need to be in lockstep, and clearly, Jury and Glant 
Our, I mean, I shouldn't say clearly because we don't know everything that goes on behind closed doors, but uh, there were reports from both Arthur Staple and Elliot Friedman uh, about basically a shouting match between the two of them after game four of this playoff series uh, against the Devils. Uh, something else that I kind of just wanted to throw out there because, you know, we're talking about Jury and Gallant here. I have to wonder with Chris Jury, I mean, how much job security does he have right now, right? Because, you know, Dolan is not a patient man. He's not always a rational man. And... With Chris Jury, I think overall he's done a pretty nice job. I think he's had more hits than misses. I have said that, um, you know, really ever since he became the GM and started making moves. He had a couple of hiccups early. Maybe the Kane thing didn't work out so much, although there are Ranger fans that tell me that Kane was awesome, and I certainly didn't see that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I have to openly wonder here. You know, the coach gets fired. Could the GM be next? I don't think it'll happen this offseason. But Jury did put together this team. You know, he went for the Stars. He brings in Tarasenko. He brings in Kane. And we're all excited. And we think it's going to result in a deep playoff run, maybe a Stanley Cup. And it didn't even come close to happening. And, you know, if if they bring in a new coach and... Drury, you know, makes whatever moves he's going to make in the offseason, makes whatever moves he's going to make at the trade deadline next season, but then the Rangers, you know, either miss the playoffs or they get knocked out in the first or second round. I mean, is he going to be done? You know, how much would it take uh, for Drury to save his job next year? I mean, is it make or break? Is it like Stanley Cup, win the Stanley Cup or you're fired? Make it to the Stanley Cup finals at least or you're fired? Uh, Only time is going to tell there, but, um, you know, Drury, you know, for somebody that, uh, was very highly thought of around the league. Uh, you know, I think sooner or later he was going to become the GM of somebody. And obviously once uh, Jeff Gorton was fired, the Rangers just, you know, kept him in house and Drury now the GM of the, the Rangers. But if that hadn't happened, Drury would be the GM of some other team by now. You know, his star was really on the rise. But I am starting to wonder, you know, does he have a lot of uh, leash here? Does he have a lot of slack? If the Rangers have a disappointing end to next season, is he gone? I think there's a decent chance that he is. Um, again, you know, the, the shelf life for coaches and GMs in the NHL is, is not very long. So, uh, another thing I want to mention here is, you know, coaching the Rangers right now, it seems like a great place to coach, right? Because, uh, you know, there's obviously you start with the franchise goalie. Okay. Igor Shesterkin, one of the absolute best on the planet. That's a great place to start franchise goalie in every sense of the term. Uh, you've got, you know, a decent amount of star players, you know, up and down this lineup, whether it's Adam Fox or Panarin, uh, his bad playoff showing notwithstanding, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider. I mean, these are all good players, um, really good players. And, you know, you've got a handful of young players as well that have not quite hit their full potential, you know, Kako, Hito, Lafreniere. Um, but, you know, a coach I would imagine would want to kind of uh, take on that challenge of helping those guys reach the next level. So when you look at it that way, it seems like the Rangers, and when you consider uh, all the history here, the fact that it's the original six team, the fact that you're in New York, and obviously the spotlight is always on you, it would seem to be, you know, a pretty attractive job for uh, head coaching candidates. And we don't know how many vacancies there are going to be around this league at the end of the year. But on the other hand, you know, there are a couple of things that are maybe like red flags when it comes to the Rangers, because as we mentioned earlier in the episode, the Rangers, whenever they hire their new coach, that will be their third coach in the last four years. And they just fired somebody who once again had two really good seasons as coach of this team combined for 217 regular season points in the last two years here. So if I'm a head coach, you know, am I going to get a chance here or are we going to start the season, you know, I don't know, four and six and I'm going to get fired? Uh, if we make it to the second round and lose next year, am I going to get fired for that? If I, 
don't always see eye to eye with with the general manager or the front office on everything. Am I going to get fired for that? If one or two or three of these players, uh, these young players that the Rangers have such high hopes for, if I can't get them to the next level, am I going to get fired for that? You know, it doesn't seem like whoever the head coach of the Rangers is, is going to have a whole lot of job security. And on one hand, hey, look, some coaches might relish that challenge and that urgency. And we're here. We got to win. We got to do it right now. Um, You know, there's, there's some excitement in that, you know, when you're you know you got to deliver results in a short amount of time here. By that same token, you know, some coaches like to, I think, rebuild a team in their own image. You know, you go to one of the cellar dweller teams, a team that fires its coach this offseason, and maybe nothing's really working, and you can build that team from the ground up. With the Rangers, you know, the core's already in place. So you got to come in, and you got to figure out a way to push the right buttons and get these guys over the hump and probably go on a deep playoff run next year or maybe even win the whole thing if you want to hang on to your job. Um, it just doesn't seem like uh, head coach of the Rangers – Whoever it is, is going to have a whole lot of job security and all that long of a leash. So um, that is one thing kind of working against uh, the Rangers as it pertains to um, coaches maybe wanting to come here. But by that same token, I, I don't think too many will get scared away. I think that, you know, if you get the chance to coach the Rangers with the talented roster that they have, I, I think you're probably going to uh, jump at that opportunity. But we'll see. I'm very curious to see how many other coaching vacancies um, end up happening. But this all leads me into the next thing I want to talk about. And I mentioned it a second ago before the break. Uh, what would it have taken for Gerard Gallant to keep his job this year? And we will never know the answer for sure. I, I don't know if the Rangers themselves even know the answer. It might have to do with you know, not just how far they made it in the playoffs this year, but how exactly it all went down. You know, this year, a lot of people are focusing on the fact that the Rangers blew a 2-0 lead against the Devils and the fact that they also blew a 2-0 lead against Tampa last year. And I think a lot of people are kind of running with the idea that that's why Gallant was fired, the fact that it was 2-0 and they lost the series. I don't really think that's why. I mean, that doesn't help. But, you know, say the Rangers against the Devils this year. Say they won game one, they lost game two, and they won game three. So they would have been up two games to one. And then say they also ended up still losing the series in seven games. Like, would that be okay? The fact that the Rangers, you know, the order of wins and losses was was slightly altered. The fact that uh, they were only up 2-1 to as opposed to 2-0. Would that have been enough to save Gerard Glant's job this offseason? I really doubt it. I I can't see that really making that much of a difference. Like, if the Rangers were only up 2-1 as opposed to 2-0 and lost the series, like, oh yeah, Glant, he can come back just because of that. I, I don't see that at all. Um, and as far as it happening last year, I mean, it did happen to a team that, um, is basically a powerhouse team. I know they lost in the first round this year, but, uh, nobody's been better than the lightning the last handful of seasons here. So I don't know. I mean, as, as far as, um, how far the Rangers would have had to make it, I don't think he would have been back. Honestly, even if they beat the devils, but then say they lose the Canes in the second round, I'm not sure that would have been enough to get Gallant back next season. I like to think that if they made it to the conference final and maybe lost there, against whoever they might end up playing. I guess it would either be uh, the Leafs or the Panthers, and right now it's looking like the Panthers because they're up 3-0. But if the Rangers made it to that round and lost to one of those teams, would that be enough to get Gallant back? I mean, two straight Eastern Conference Finals, you're going to fire the guy? I'd like to think that that would at least be enough, but I'm really not sure. You know, it kind of felt like um, it just felt a little bit too inevitable. That's something that I tweeted out the other day. It just felt like the writing was on the wall. And I'm not sure that anything less than at least making it to the Stanley Cup final or bare minimum making it back to the Eastern Conference final, I don't think anything less than that would have been enough for Gallant to keep his job. And I don't think that's right. You know, I, I don't think that that in and of itself should should determine, um, you know, whether he's back next season or not. It's not easy to make it to the Eastern Conference final. And that's why last year when, you know, everybody was telling me, oh man, the Rangers, they're playing with house money. They're ahead of schedule, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, yeah, fine, but... 
We don't know when they're going to be back. You know, it's not easy to get to an Eastern Conference final. And when you make it that far, you don't want to let that opportunity go to waste, which is, of course, basically what happened. I mean, they got beat by a great team. And, you know, I think the Rangers played hard in that series against the Lightning last year. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to make it that far. It really is. And I think we saw pretty undeniable proof of that, uh, the way it went for the Rangers in the playoffs this season. Um, But, again, you know, this— the tweet that came from Dave on Twitter, I think he really hit the nail on the head about how Gallant essentially just fell victim to the expectations that he set for himself and his team, uh, taking them all the way to the Eastern Conference Final last year. Um, I just think that that was a really tough bar to to clear this season, and obviously they didn't do it. Ran to a very good Devils team, and they got eliminated. And as a result, uh, Gerard Gallant is now no longer the head coach of the New York Rangers. And I know there's some people that are dancing in the streets and just absolutely thrilled about this news. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Like I said, I think there is a case you can make to to maybe move on and maybe look in a different direction. But I propose a question to all those people, um, and it's one that I sent out on Twitter earlier this season when the Rangers were struggling a little bit. You know, I would go out on a limb here and say that a lot of the people that don't like Gallant also uh, did not like David Quinn, Definitely did not like Elaine Vigneault. Probably didn't like John Tortorella, or at the very least got tired of Tortorella by the end of his tenure. Probably didn't like Tom Rennie because they wanted John Tortorella to come in and, and kick ass and, you know, um, take names and, and turn the team around. So for all the people who haven't felt good, haven't liked any of the most recent three Ranger coaches, four Ranger coaches, five Ranger coaches, are you sure that the next person that the Rangers bring in, you're going to be happy with them? You're going to feel good about it. You're going to say, yep, that's the guy. That's the guy that uh, this team should be following. That's the guy that's going to lead us to a Stanley Cup. I don't know. I, I, I'm i a little bit skeptical. Whether, no matter who it is, whether it's Barry Trotz or Bruce Boudreaux or, or anybody else, um, you know, Quenville, is, it sounds like he's not going to be in the running, so uh, that's probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris Knobloch, you hear his name toss around. If you really want to go for a, an out-of-the-box, out-of-left-field idea for your head coach, uh, maybe Mark Messier is your guy, and there's others as well, and uh, LaViolette. You know, we'll, we'll talk about all these guys. Like I said, we're, we're just getting warmed up. It's a long offseason, much longer offseason than all of us anticipated, and uh, certainly later in this week, we're going to go ahead and look at some some candidates because we do have to turn the page here, and you, we do have to move on. Galant's no longer here, so there is going to be a new coach next year. We're going to look at uh, all the candidates, all their credentials, and you know, I'll just share my thoughts on all these coaches one by one here, and it should be a good time, and I'm sure you guys will have your thoughts on who the next coach should be as well. I do want to do one more Gerard Glant-centric episode, though. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to look at his uh, biggest shortcomings and his biggest achievements and what turned out to be you know, a fairly short tenure as head coach of the New York Rangers. But I mentioned just a second ago, this is per Larry Brooks, uh, Joel Quenville not expected to be a candidate for coach of the Rangers, and uh, I was pretty happy to hear that news. Look, if another team wants to talk to Gary Bettman, get Quinville reinstated, and they want to interview Quinville, they want to make him their head coach, that's their decision to make. But I'm glad that it seems like that's not a road that the Rangers are going to be going down. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, As far as what today's episode was originally going to be about, we were going to talk about Adam Fox being a finalist for the Norris Trophy, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the week as well. But he's one of three finalists for the Norris. It would be his second Norris if he wins it, and his second in three seasons. Uh, Also, the Hartford Wolfpack, they're going to be going up against Hershey in the best of five division final. So definitely looking forward to that. And like I said, I think I'm going to order some AHL TV and maybe keep an eye on the Wolfpack. The further they go in this tournament, the more time that we'll spend talking about them. But yeah, obviously, you know, the Rangers, uh, Rangers fire their head coach. Everything else goes on the back burner. Uh, But that will do it for today, guys. 
Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.